This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, it's the Mess It Up Podcast, and uh, I am your host, the Bowtie Guy. We are here today on show number 110, which is just absolutely fantastic. Our word of the week this week is cadence which is um, talking about the, the pattern of, of, of notes or chords or the uh, inflection in your voice. And uh, hopefully that'll be apparent later when we introduce our guest why we went with cadence for this word of the week. But if you can use that word of the week in your um, daily life, give yourself 10 points, uh, 10 bonus points for every time you use it in a sentence correctly. Once again, you keep track of your own bonus points. They're good for absolutely nothing except for bragging rights uh, and um, uh, if you want to, if you want to post yourself doing some sort of cadence on our instant uh, or our social media, uh, that would be outstanding. So check us out on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, we also have a very little known uh, account on MySpace, and no one has checked out the MySpace yet. So we're trying to revive MySpace. So let MySpace be your space. Go check us out on MySpace as well, um, and uh, come say hi to us on our subreddit, which is Messed Up Ministries. Um, on the subreddit, get involved in that chat as well. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you haven't heard yet, the book is finally out. It is still in beta and it's on uh, Apple Books, it's on Kindle, and it's uh, available as a paperback through Amazon as well. Uh, so you can check that out. If you want a free copy of the book in any format of your choice, all you have to do is become a patron on our Patreon. Um, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can uh, help support the ministry financially. Uh, so check us out at patreon.com slash mess it up, or just go to mess it up podcast.com and click that little button that says become a patron and you can support the ministry for as little as a dollar a month. Every Patreon subscriber gets a free copy of the book in their choice of uh, formatting. So that's a great way to get a bargain on the book because you can get it for a dollar. Um, and I think... That's about all we've got for the boilerplate. I'm going to go ahead now and introduce, well, let our uh, guest introduce himself. We've got a great guest uh, who found us. Um, uh, he actually responded to some of the stuff that I was putting up on Instagram uh, for our daily walk. And I was like, who's this guy? Checked him out and I was like, hey, I got to get this guy on the show. So uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the people. Hey, everybody. My name is Mark J. Uh, some know me as Mark J. the Poet. Uh, spoken word poet. I'm a singer, musician, uh, speaker as well. Normally, when uh, a pandemic isn't going on like it is right now, I would be <laughs> doing some touring, traveling around, and uh, ministering around the country. I've just had the honor of sharing what God has done in my life and, and the healing and recovery I've been through. I know we're going to talk more about that. But I'm based out of uh, Northern California in the Sacramento area. Nice. And so uh, tell us a little bit about your background what what got you tell us about your mess yeah yeah most definitely well I remember when I was about uh, my goodness like 11 or 12 years old and uh, dial-up internet was just released so we had a computer in our living room and uh, I was figuring out how to use the internet and it was super slow but I found myself alone in, in the living room nobody was home and I got really curious, started typing in some words, some certain words, just to see what would show up. And at that moment was the first time I was introduced to pornography. And um, 
something happened in my mind and my brain. I didn't understand what was going on. I just knew, wow, this felt really exciting. And then over the years, it didn't seem like such a huge problem, but then technology becoming more and more available. And then I had a smartphone, I had iPads. So I found myself getting even more curious and just having the access to pretty much anything I could want to look at. And uh, I started to realize, man, this is something I can't stop doing. I can't stop looking at pornography. And then fast forward a few more years, I marry an amazing young woman who loves Jesus, loves me. I was about 20, I was 24 years old when I got married. And I'm thinking, yes, this is it. I'm going to be set free from lust because my wife, she's going to, she's going to cure me. You know, I'm going to desire yeah. only her from now on. Man, my, uh, my hopes were just falling to pieces after over three months. I was back on iPads that actually had just come out. And my new iPad, looking at porn while she was sleeping at night. And uh, she discovered that I'd been looking at porn um, within the next few months. And she was heartbroken. She couldn't believe it. And because I had I had led her to believe I was one of those guys, you know, I, I don't struggle with that. That's not for me. You know, I used to struggle, but I'm okay now. Right. And so she thought that was all dealt with. It was all done. So. She was in shock, I think, more so from the fact that I had been lying and just hiding it from her and broke, broke her heart. And I said, I'll never do it again. I'll change. I can do this. <laughs> and man, how many times did I say that over and over again? So I kept going back to it and it got worse. And, and my, my addiction to pornography, it progressed from there. I just found myself constantly craving the next lustful high. Uh, you know, I was never hooked on like a substance like alcohol or narcotics. Uh, I didn't abuse drugs, but lust was my drug. I was constantly mm -hmm. just imaginations of what can I find online? You know, what, how, who will, who will flirt with me or messaging random people on Facebook. It's like all kinds of stuff. And uh, it just led, it led to infidelity. And I was not a faithful man to my wife and difficult for me to admit, but that's, that's the mess. That's the mess I found myself in. And it started right. as young as 11, 12 years old with my first exposure to pornography. Yeah, it's insidious. And, and I remember, I mean, I can still remember the first time I saw any pornography was we found uh, a magazine that someone had discarded in the bushes at the back of the uh, school playground. And we were playing on the swings mm -hmm. and someone went in the trees and like, whoa, what is this? And <laughs> I was about uh, nine years old. And uh, that just started that craving for me. And it, 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 it's sad to me, and I I'm, I'm imagine for you as well, that a lot of people see pornography as a harmless thing and a natural thing, and, and it's, it's okay uh, to do this. Um, but I remember the thing one time that really shocked me. It didn't shock me enough to make me stop, but it shocked me when I was uh, grazing for pictures and I came across a person that looked like a person that I knew. And mm. that kind of threw me off and made me feel a little bit odd. Like it, it made me realize I was invading someone's privacy. Um, but I, it still wasn't enough to get me to stop. And um, yeah. you're, you said that, you know, you, your wife was a, a Christian. Were you brought up Christian? When did you, uh, what, what is your Christian walk like uh, during all this and uh, before? Yeah, yeah. I grew up, I was raised in church. Um, my parents were always involved in some type of ministry as, as, as far back as I can remember. 
Um, my dad started pastoring when I was like 12 years old and he pastored for about 20 years. So my parents were very involved in ministry. I was very familiar with the word of God. My mom led me in a prayer of accepting Christ when I was seven years old. Um, so I grew up around the Bible, around the word, and it was constantly hearing the word preached. I had chapters and chapters of scripture memorized and I genuinely wanted to follow Christ. I genuinely desired to serve yeah. him and honor him. But, uh, but even, even then I would find myself on stage leading worship and, but in the back of my mind, just feeling the weight of that guilt of what I had done the night before, what I had looked at. How did you balance that out? Because for me, I compartmentalized. I, I was, you know, uh, leading worship. I was uh, leading Bible studies. I was coaching at the high school and I just compartmentalized everything. So when I was on the internet looking, all that stuff went away. I didn't wear any cross or, you know, have anything out. I wouldn't have the Bible mm -hmm. in the same room as me. And uh, I just really started completely compartmentalizing my life. How did you manage to go between those different versions of you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember something I would do was if there was, if there was a day that I was supposed to like be on stage, somehow I would manage to stay away from porn that day because I knew I was going to have to get up there. So uh -huh. that kind of made me feel a little better, I guess. Like, oh, I'm not doing it today. So I feel kind of clean in a sense. Yeah. Um, so I would kind of do that. And then the next day where there was nothing to do like on stage, like ministry wise, or I didn't have to speak or like minister through spoken word or something, then, then that day I'll be like, oh man, I would just feel more vulnerable to temptation. And I felt like I was, it was more, I guess, permissible. It was, it was weird. Mm -hmm. but yeah. It was like these two different yeah. sides of me that I allowed to come out in different days. Yeah. Um, and so you got uh, caught with the pornography, but then uh, it continued after that. And you talked about the infidelity um, and I presume you were caught for that. Um, and uh, you're, you're, are you still married to the same uh, lady and, and what is your family life? Yes. Yes. By, by God's grace, my wife did not give up on me. And, you know, I, I, I was ready to file for divorce five years ago. And I just, I just believed that I couldn't change at that point. I thought I, I'm just going to be like this forever. And I had this weird idea in my head that, you know, maybe some point down the road, it'll work out with somebody else. <laughs> but my goodness, uh, thank God he, he rescued me because I could have been bringing my mess into some other relationship right now. And, but also having two kids, uh, I have two, we had two daughters together as well. So having put them through that, um, I had moved out of the house for three months. We were separated. This was a time where I was just, just feeling helpless, feeling like I, I couldn't change, feeling like the, it wasn't worth it to try anymore. But uh, yeah, by, by God, God's grace, he, he gave me a woman who just kept believing even during that time where I, I lost hope. She would, yeah. she would just say, you know, God didn't tell me to give up. You know, God didn't tell wow. me to leave. So, and she would just, that's powerful. Yeah. She, she just believed. And here we are today. Our, our relationship is, is so much better. There's, there's trust in the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we're closer. Our family, family life at home with the kids is such a blessing. Of course, there's things that we're always working on. But I am so so refreshed and happy, and to be able to say that I can be trusted by my wife. 
Yeah. When did you decide? So you were, you were already actively doing ministry, music, uh, the spoken word, and, and actively participating in your ministry that you have right now. When did you decide that it would be okay to bring the pornography aspect into what you were doing? Yeah. Yeah. I like that question. So it was about, I would say about nine months into my sobriety from, from porn and from lust. There was, I had not been flirting with any other women. I hadn't been looking up random profiles on Facebook like I used to. None of that stuff, no porn, no inappropriate images. So nine months, no masturbation, throw that in there too. Um, that was the longest I had gone ever since I had uh, been exposed to porn, I think, without looking mm -hmm. at any porn, without giving into lust. So that's when God started to nudge me and I felt him leading me saying, start sharing your story. And I was like, oh man, it was scary to me. Because right. I, I, I was obviously a secretive person, a very private person, kept a lot of things to myself. And for a while, I, I, I tricked my wife into, into thinking I was this trustworthy man when I was not. So for me to come out and start to be vulnerable and be honest, so honest and open about something that people are, people are usually private about, it was a huge step. And I remember it started with a Facebook post and I just posted and all kinds of people started responding. And there was a, just an openness to the message, to this side of my story. And I was like, wow. That's very encouraging. So it encouraged me. And then there was this first event that was coming up that I was actually going to share my story on stage. I remember that first time that I shared what God had done with delivering me and freeing me from lust. Uh, I got off that stage and people, people literally chased me because they wanted to talk to me about what I had just shared. I was like, oh my right. goodness. So that really fueled me. I was like, wow, this is something God is calling me to do. It's something that needs to be done. Did, did, uh, did the, the promoters of the event know that you were going to share that when you were uh, that night? Did you make them aware in advance or were they not aware of what your content would be? You know, I don't think I made them aware, but I think because it was, it, it's a pretty big event. It was a festival that used to happen every year in Northern California area. I think because there was so much going on in different places, the specific stage I was on, I don't think the promoters were even like really paying attention because <laughs> it's okay. this huge festival, right? There's different stages. So I was on like the main right. stage. Can you say which festival it was? Yeah. It's called Joshua Fest. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I have had um, the experience of being asked to speak uh, to a group and uh, the person who asked me, I, I, I knew that they knew my story, but they had forgotten. And so they were not prepared when I shared at a Kiwanis Club luncheon, um, my struggle with pornography and uh, going to jail and uh, molesting my stepdaughter. And these, you know, people are sitting there eating their lunch and you could just see the appetites dissolving and people like, we can't get up and leave, but we want to get out of here so fast. Uh, and so it always, I always make sure now when people ask me, I'm like, okay, I know it's been 20 years since all this happened, but I want to remind you what I'm going to say when you give me a microphone. I, I just want you to be aware that that's going to happen. And uh, for me, I, you know, it's always been a thing 
because I lived in a small town, uh, my story was, was printed in the paper. I didn't have the option uh, of not sharing. And so that made it really easy for me to bring it into my ministry. Um, I, I recently, just a couple weeks ago, my book came out and you know, putting that down in print and then giving it to the world to see um, was a little mm. bit daunting, but it's like, you know, it's my story. And I remember the first time I heard somebody else say that they had gone through something that I had gone through. And I realized I wasn't the only one struggling with pornography. I wasn't the only one struggling with this issue that was in ministry. It was so freeing. And I just know that I have to get that message out there so that other people can be freed from that, which is yeah. why I love the fact that you're willing to do it and put it into your work, into your your the the music and the the the, the websites and and whatever you do, you don't shy away from it. You you um, you broadcast it. So that's yeah. um, outstanding. Um, what I'd like to do right now is uh, I'd like to have you introduce our song of the week because it's always fun for me when we get to do a person who is actually their song. So uh, we had talked about doing a song of the week before, so you can just let the people know what they're about to hear. Um, and uh, we'll be back on the other side to, uh, to talk about our thoughts on it. Yeah, sounds good. So the song is called The Joy in You. Uh, I wrote it for my wife uh, as we were going through this period of restoration and my, my recovery. And it's just about me noticing my wife and really appreciating her for who she was who she is it's called the joy in you and one of the lines from the song says a couple of lines says now i'm giving my heart now i'm giving my mind the part i held back from you now i'm living for real now i'm being so still enjoying you the joy in you so it's about like rediscovering the beauty that's always been in my life but now that like my spirit is really free from lust i'm able to just appreciate her Excellent. All right. Well, enjoy this. We'll be back in 90 seconds to, uh, to continue conversation with Mark the Poet. All right, so we are back with uh, Mark J, the poet, and uh, I, I love the fact that you wrote a song for your wife. How does she feel about having a song 
A, just a song written about her, but B, this particular uh, content. What, what, what is her reaction to that? Yeah, she, she loved she loved that I wrote a song for her. Actually, be, before that, I hadn't actually written a song for her, which is kind of weird <laughs> because I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, <laughs> but I'd never even written something for her. And sometimes she'd even hint at it and say, you know, I wish you just write a song for me. And so finally, I write a song, and it's interesting that happens as I'm in the beginning of this recovery journey that first year. That's when I wrote it, and uh, it really meant a lot to her, every every word. And yeah, she appreciated it so much, and the fact that it was coupled with me experiencing this healing that I hadn't experienced yet, it, it meant even more to her. Yeah, what is it like to perform that song? Is it are you able to just uh, separate yourself from the emotion of it because you're just performing and doing it? Or is it, do you get caught up into our, I mean, do you see yourself writing the song as you're performing it or, or do you keep it separate so you can get through and do a performance? Yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly, this song, I haven't performed live very much. And that's because I wrote another song that's not on iTunes and or Spotify yet, but I've been performing it every and and this the other one I want to talk about it it's a little it's a little deeper, and because that's the one I've been sharing with people more, I'll, I'll bring that one up. Uh, that one's called Identity, and that one that one focuses on more of a, an apology to my wife and saying I'm sorry. Mm. Um, some of the lines are I promised until death I'd keep you safe. I'm ashamed of all that I've done to scare you away, but it also goes into but I'm changing now and I'm healing. I know I look the same, but I promise I'm not who I've been. And that apology I really wanted to give to her, one is because she she knew me as a man who rarely apologized. I didn't, I struggled with that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just difficult for me. Like the words, I'm sorry, they just didn't want to come out of my mouth. And uh, that's right. another part of my journey is learning to own up to my actions. That when I made a mistake, saying, hey, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. I want to make things right. So for me to say that to her and create a song, that was that that takes me back every time I sing that song. It takes me back to my journey, back to man, this is this is a lot God has done in our lives. We've experienced a lot of restoration. So yeah, whenever I sing it, yeah, I feel like it's more of me just reliving all that we've been through together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the uh, I, I can't imagine. I know there's certain songs that I can't do um, when I'm leading unless I just divorce myself from the emotion that I can't be in that song. I have to just almost perform it rather than, than leading it because otherwise I just become overwhelmed uh, by what's going on. And I love when I get to go somewhere and I'm not leading and I can just worship because then I can just let the tears flow and the, the joy you know, come out and just be wrecked and not be able to sing for, you know, a verse and a half because of the the emotion of the song. <clears throat> so I can't imagine, you know, doing that kind of thing. Um, it, is it different if your wife is like in the audience and you see her, are you singing to her or are you like not? Like when I share my testimony, I don't look at my wife. I, I, I look around the room, but I'm not gonna look at, because if I look at her, it'll mm. wreck me. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. If she's if she's around, 
I can't remember when I have just like look at her while I shared. I just, yeah, I wouldn't know how to continue. Like, how do I just look at it? Plus, I know yeah, as I'm sharing, yeah. she's like, she's kind of reliving what I'm saying too, and, and being reminded of 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 the pain, but also the healing that's happened. So yeah, it would be hard for me to get through what I want to share if I were to look at her while she's there. Yeah. So how did you uh, get into a recovery journey? Uh, what, what started, I mean, what got you to decide, okay, I need to do something more than just white knuckle my way through not being addicted to porn. How did you, how did you get into a recovery mindset? Yeah. Well, when my, my wife said she was going to give me another, another shot when, when I woke up and came to my senses and I said, Hey, uh, you know, I want to, I want to make this work. I want to figure out how, how to grow and, and be someone who's trustworthy. Well, she, she wasn't, she wasn't going to accept things being the same way that they always were. So she was like, all right, we're going to, let's, let's try out this new, new church I've been going to. Cause at that time she'd starting, started attending a different church while I was still going to my dad's church. And so she wanted me to meet, meet her new pastor, sat down with him. Uh, he connected with me with a counselor. Uh, so I started going to therapy for the first time in my life, uh, Christian counseling and therapy. And that, that helped me a huge deal. I started going to this a men's group. And these were, these were part of some of the things that, that she, she wanted to see and that she believed would really help me um, as steps. But as, as I started to get plugged into these different tools that God provides and community, I started to be the one who, who initiated just getting into more groups, uh, finding more mentors. It started to become something that I enjoyed. Even now, sitting in, in a Celebrate Recovery meeting, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Sitting in a small group where guys are just being open and honest about themselves, telling the real story is like my favorite thing now, which is so so boring compared to who I was. <laughs> it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it, that's the hardest thing that I've had to try to explain to people when I talk to them about, okay, we're gonna have a big group. They're like, okay, cool, I can disappear in big group. And then we're gonna go into a small open share group. Like, why? <laughs> why do we need to do that? And I was like, trust me, trust yes. me. It, you will find yes. healing there. Um, I remember going, I always talk about going to a Saddleback and we try to go every once in a while, we talk about our, our trip to Mecca to go to a Friday night meeting at, Saddleback for Celebrate Recovery. And, you know, coming from a small desert town, we have one open share group. We don't break, we don't have enough people to break into issues specific. And I went there and they had three men's groups. And this was back in like 2006, mm. three men's groups for sexual addiction uh, mm. going on. And I was like, holy mattress, <laughs> I'm not the only person dealing with this. Uh, it's, you know, wow. And it was just so freeing. All the weights yeah. just came off and I wanted to run. Uh, so how long have you been uh, participating uh, in recovery now? It's been, uh, my goodness, about four years. Yeah, about four years. Four years. Outstanding, and outstanding. Four, four and a half years I've, I've been free from pornography, masturbation, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, still, it's, it's an honor. I just feel like it's a gift that I want to protect. Is your wife also uh, uh participate in celebrate recovery with you um no she, she's not but she, we do go to counseling together like therapy we, okay. we've seen the same therapist together for for a couple of years now um yeah someone from from the new church that we started going to 
So that's been a blessing. That's been very helpful. Um, but yeah, no, she hasn't gone to like the CRs like I have and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember I went for a long time and then my wife came, you know, to support me <laughs> um, and uh, she got hooked and uh, it's, it's a huge blessing to us to be able to then, you know, do that and, and share in ministry, share our couple's testimony um, is uh, it's an incredible thing. And we've been able to travel and, and share it uh, in various States around the country. And uh, it's just been a huge blessing to us to be able to do this. Um, but it is, it's difficult when you, you've got that person. And I had to ask when I wrote my book, I had to ask my daughter, uh, for permission. Mm. Cause I said, listen, this is my story, but it's your story too. You you're involved in this because you were the mm. victim. And she said, absolutely. And she, I was so blessed that she wrote the foreword for my book, wow. and, you know, and she says, this is not the same guy. The guy who wrote this book is not the guy who mistreated me, you know, 20 years ago, God has changed mm. him. And uh, you know, seeing the, the change in life that comes through recovery is just, um, I don't know. It, it, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life now mm. uh, and being able to go in and do it in the prisons now and, uh, and work with that in has been an amazing blessing. Yeah. Uh, what do you have coming up? And, and also tell us what is um, offline.org? Yeah. So, so coming up, I have a couple of online events. Uh, of course we can't do live events right now. Not in, uh, not in California anyway. So still waiting on that. Normally I would be traveling, like I had to cancel a trip to Vegas, trip to Texas, postponed Colorado. So normally I'd be like going out of state, different places. Uh, but, but for now it's uh, sticking, to, sticking to online and uh, through offline. Offline is a, it's a nonprofit organization that I started a year ago and it's focused on helping people walk in freedom from porn and lust. So, uh, Offline's mission is to use community, collaboration with, with others, and creativity as well to, to inspire freedom in lives, because a big part of what I do is I use my creativity to share a testimony, to share my story. And uh, there's just, uh, it just touches people in a different way when, when you use your creativity to, to share what God's done in your life. So I, I'm partnering with other creatives. To, who, who are willing to share the real story, who are really willing to share that message, that bold message people need to hear. So with, with Offline, we just launched a, an online group for guys that meets every Monday night. And we've been going for five weeks. It's, it's been incredible. The guys have, they've been opening up and how we're just doing communities together, even though it's only online for the time being. But we are launching a couple more groups coming up soon. And uh, it's a nonprofit. So people have started, started to support to give monthly and sometimes folks mail in donations that helps us grow. And uh, that's something God put on my heart. So it's, it's amazing to see how he's just continuing the ripple effect to what he started in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Really taking that mess, turning yeah. it into a message. People can find that it's offline.org. Uh, it's actually liveoffline.org. Liveoffline.org. Live okay. Excellent. And uh, where can we find, uh, content from you, uh, either uh, to watch or purchase. Uh, you're on iTunes, um, yeah. and where else are you? Yeah, all, all music distributors, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, I got a bunch of videos on YouTube. If you want to watch any performances or spoken word pieces, stuff like that, 
Uh, my website is markjthepoet.com, and you can find me on pretty much every social media platform as Mark J. The Poet, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all the same. Okay, and that's the letter J for people. It's not a J-A-Y. Right. Mark J, mm-hmm. yeah, The Poet, uh, and lots of really good uh, really good content in there. I, I really loved the, uh, the piece that you did, the, the Martin Luther King one. Oh, thank you. Um, was just... I just, I put that on repeat and it was just, it was super, super moving uh, to hear that, Mm. especially with, you know, I mean, you don't have to go very long before you hear another story about another thing. And, uh, but it's just, I think that's one of those things that I hope that at some point it stops being relevant. Mm. Um, But right now it just feels super relevant. Mm. So um, uh, I I was really, really impressed with that one. So thanks for that. when you uh, when you get out, you you do tours locally stuff with is it just you uh, in a group of people or you in in uh, churches or how does that how can people look when the uh, quarantines stop happening and and you're out there doing your thing again? What are, are what kind of venues are we going to look right, for? Right, right, yeah. I, I'm usually pretty good about keeping my website updated with any upcoming dates. I do go to uh, a lot of churches, a lot of celebrate recoveries. I'm often a guest uh, speaker at Celebrate Recoveries, um, youth events, retreats, men's events, some of my favorites as well. Uh, so yeah, all, ty- all types of those kinds of events, festivals, and someti- sometimes concerts okay. where there's other artists featured, other musicians. Yeah, so a little bit of everything. And if people want to book you, do you do your own booking or do you have a, a, a way for people to contact you for uh, to bring you into their church or... Uh... Or yeah, I do my own booking. So if you want to contact me through through social media or my website, you can also email me at Mark J. That's the letter J. Mark J at markjthepoet.com. All right. Yeah. So I always like to tell people I, I've got my, you know, me at me.com. <laughs> so it's Paul at paulpippin.com. I love saying that. I'm like, huh? To me, it's clever, but everybody else is just like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and then I, I used to use it when I would uh, give someone an email address. I would just say, okay, it's your name at my name, because I'd get all the aliases would just come to the, to the alias account. But that threw people off as well. So I finally just started saying, okay, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I stopped trying to be clever. Uh, it apparently wasn't my thing. <clears throat> so, Or I just wasn't picking the Sounds right audience, head, maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So much sounds good in my head. And then I come out like, what? You know? <laughs> yeah. So you have to have my wife's uh, face to tell me what came out right. Well, thank you so much uh, for doing this. What is, what's the message from your mess, Mark? I would say just that there's, there's hope. And no matter how alone you might feel, you're not. There's someone, there's someone who feels what you're feeling, who has felt the way you felt but also there's, there's hope through it that God really did send his only son and that he, he thought so highly of us, <laughs> even in our failures, in our mess, that he would send his only son. So don't give up. No, there's a purpose for you. There's a purpose for your story. And as you're encountering and experiencing God's work in your life, please share with others because somebody shared with me and now I won't shut up, shut up. And I'm in, I'm, in, I'm an introvert. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we get this uh, quarantine lifted soon so that uh, you can get out there and we can start seeing you again. Uh, But really appreciate the time. Thank you, Paul. So good talking with you.
Absolutely. And uh, we will uh, see you guys next week. Uh, and uh, until then, uh, keep yourself clean until you mess it up again. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. <laughs>